Welcome to the Mompreneur Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Moran. Just like you, I'm a mom entrepreneur on a mission to live a present and productive life, to be around for all the moments with my kids while also following my dreams and passions. Join me each week as I uncover a new tip or trick that will help you live your life just as you want and with as much ease as possible. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, my amazing mompreneurs. Welcome back to the Mompreneur Guide podcast. Today, I have my friend Sarah Marie Bilger with us. And we became friends through somebody else from this community that you know, Amanda Bennett. She is amazing. She is the podcasting moms group. And from that group, Sarah and I met. At the very least, that's where we first met. And then we've continued our relationship through Instagram and Voxer. And I just think Sarah is such a bright light in this space and also is mompreneuring a little bit differently. And that's what I love is to bring all these different versions of mompreneurship to you ladies. So Sarah is not only a mom of two and a wife, but she's also a mechanical engineer who loves her daytime job. But she also has a passion and a desire to help other moms who are entering motherhood, which is why she created a whole company about it. She has her own podcast, which is super exciting. She's going to tell us more. And she just loves encouraging moms to heal and feel empowered as they become moms. And they wish to still be maintaining their own individual identity along the way. And so today's conversation, as Sarah and I last talked about collaborating and how we could do more together, we realized that there's co- this conversation going on about like, what does a mom look like? And Sarah's own experience into motherhood and And we wanted to bring that conversation to you guys to let you be a fly on the wall on what does a mom look like? How have things changed in our motherhood journey? And what does it look like generationally too? Which I think is a conversation that we all are hearing a lot about lately, but let's actually bring it to the forefront and talk about it. So Sarah, I'm so excited for this conversation. Thank you for being here and would love to hear from you more about the mom and entrepreneur side of your life. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And thank you for that wonderful introduction. I feel all giddy now and ready to go. <laughs> but I'm your cheerleader. All the yeah, time. yeah, I love it. But yeah, like my journey has really been unique because like you said, I work full time as a mechanical engineer. I'm still doing that. I have two kids and my heart is really on helping moms and wanting to do more. And I think when you feel that calling that you are meant for more, that you have the capacity to take on something greater than what you're already currently doing, it's kind of, you know, your mission to want to explore that and really tap into that and see, like, where can this go? And I think that has truly been my journey of, you know, entrepreneurship and exploring just what it is. I have never (laughs) ventured into this world before, and it has been one of the most exciting things in my life, you know, today. And I think I'm constantly learning more. I'm constantly meeting new people, and I'm constantly just kind of figuring out, like, what it means to me and how I can really shape it into my life in a very authentic and organic low and I'm I'm not trying to you know push anything and everything that has come to me with this journey I think has been very true to who I am and what I want to bring to the world I think it's so beautiful and I love how you mentioned the concept of capacity because I've had this conversation on the podcast before but I know this is very prevalent in your story of you have two kids you're working full-time 
but you still had capacity for more. You still have more of a mission on your heart. And I think it's such an interesting conversation to start with in terms of like what you want to be as a mom and and what you were recognizing was still missing and that you had more to give. And I know we both believe so much in modeling for our kids. So can you start us off with a bit more of that? You have a full-time job that you do love and a lot of other mompreneurs are not liking where they're at. And so they're trying to get away from it all and, and fall into this life that they love. But talk to us about that transition of seeing I love what I have and I want more and I have capacity yeah. for more. Yeah, it was really kind of I guess, like, difficult to understand that and comprehend it at first. Uh, I had my daughter August of 2019. And so I was working full time, completely like full corporate, like, this is life. This is what I do. I'm going to have a baby. It's just all going to, you know, flow into each other. Like, what's the difference? Uh, Nothing's going to change. You know, I'm just going to send her to daycare and we're going to continue working and doing these things. And it was kind of like, very eye-opening of course like anybody that enters motherhood like that's why I called my podcast that you know you have this shift of reality almost and you're kind of where am I now what is going on and who am I who do I want to be where do I want to go what do I want my life to look like and I still very much want it to be an engineer I still wanted that to be a part of who I am. I still do want that to be a part of who I am, but I also want it to be, you know, a a mom and I want it to be there for my children as much as I could. And I want it to really explore what that would look like navigating both of those things. And, and so I think just ultimately tapping into that and really seeing, you know, where, can I go from here? What does that look like? And then finding ways of, you know, communicating with my company and communicating that I would like to structure things differently and really saying, you know, is it possible to work from home? And I think, you know, it's just a matter of of trying to figure out where you see yourself and and then determining you know, how do I have to pivot or adjust to really kind of make that possible for me in my life where I'm at right now? I love how you talked about communication and how important that was to you from kind of both sides. Like at first when you were saying that, I was immediately thinking, oh, it's so cool that you're saying you use your company to communicate this other aspect of you. But really what you were saying, too, is that you were communicating with your company to say, like, this is what I need as a mom. This is this is what we need to try. And I'm sure you have a feeling, as do I, about like the fate that happened there, because I had Jack May of 19 and then we were pregnant with Sophia. The day the pandemic hit was the day we found out we were pregnant with Sophia. So like everything just kind of aligned. There was a lot of stuff with COVID that wasn't good. But, you know, this was something that did align well when you had young kids and, and you were able to to do both. And so I love that point of communication that you shared there. I think yeah. it's so prevalent. Is that something that's like really prevalent in everything that you do or you try to be intentional about that? Yeah, I think I, sometimes I over communicate about things, but I, I definitely feel a lot of the times we kind of feel stuck or we think that something's not possible because we're not communicating with people that could make that opportunity available to us. 
And so, you know, working for somebody else, like working in a job that maybe you don't necessarily feel you're aligned with or that you like or you enjoy, if you aren't expressing those needs to the people that are in charge of kind of making those decisions, then of course nothing's going to happen. But if you kind of bring it up, you let that kind of fear of, well, if I say this, are they just going to fire me? Or, you know, if I bring this up, are they going to think I'm not as dedicated of an employee? If you're, you know, communicating like, hey, at this time, I need to leave because we have dance class on Tuesdays. Or, hey, like, I don't feel comfortable this time in my life, like working weekends. If I desperately have to, you know, we can negotiate something. But really kind of relaying where you're at and what sort of boundaries you have within your family. And I think really having that open conversation has been has been really beneficial for me because I think I hear other people like, oh, like maybe they won't let me do that. And it's kind of, well, did you ask? Like, because what's the what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to say no. Okay, then you're exactly where you started. But if you ask and it opens up another opportunity and then it goes also to the point of, you know, if you're not happy here, like, are you going to be happy somewhere else doing something else? And then self-reflecting and really kind of seeing who you are and who you want to be and why there is a disconnect there. Mm -hmm. And yeah, beautiful point. And I love what you're mentioning, too, about like this communication, I literally wrote down boundaries two seconds before you said it because that's exactly what it feels like. It's like you have to have this definition of of what you want and that clarity there and, and what you need. And then you have to put the boundaries around it in order to be able to communicate anything. And I love what you said there too about if we don't communicate and we first don't figure out what it is in the world that we want and then go communicate it, it's the same for people who have already started their businesses too. That can apply to the guests that you want on your podcast or, you know, the help that you need, the support in this way or that way or changing a client contract or anything like that. Like this conversation, it's just so beautiful how the core of that spans no matter where you are in your mompreneur journey. And so I want to go further on that definition piece because I love this conversation of communicating what we need, but I feel like we need to define first too what it is that we want to be. So as you entered motherhood and you started to realize, and even now that you've got two and and you're deeper in toddlerhood and all the things, I think we constantly evolve and change and thinking about like, what kind of mom do I want to be, especially as a mompreneur? How much do I want to work? How much do I want to be present? How much do I want to be my individual self? So talk to us about that journey for you as you entered motherhood, as you're entering toddler motherhood, like, what does that definition of mom look like for you? And what were some of those pieces and parts, those breadcrumbs that you kind of slotted out to, to define motherhood? Yeah, yeah. I think this is a really big part of, you know, what I do and, and what I hope to you know, open up other moms to the idea of, because I think a lot of the times we get very busy and just doing and we're not really focusing on, you know, what we want to be or who we want to be. and for me specifically, this is something that you know, but my mom had passed when I was very young. I was only nine. And so that mother-daughter relationship, me having a daughter for my first child, I kind of went into this like, what does that look like? Who, Who am I? Who should I be? What do I want to be? 
I have memories of me and my mom, but it's not those, you know, long lasting memories. I can't share this experience with her right now. There's a lot of disconnect of, you know, what it would look like if she was a grandmom, you know, like all those thoughts that I felt like I had kind of worked through in the past came up again. I mean, this is, I was nine when I lost her and then I was 29 when I had my first daughter. So 20 years later, all of these feelings are coming back up again. Everything's occurring. And I'm sort of like, how can I ensure that, you know, she's gonna remember me or what parts of me do I want to pass down to her? Because there are little tiny things that I definitely incorporate into how I parent that I do remember my mom doing. I mean, she would trace my face when I was falling asleep. Like she would do other cute little things. And I remember her tucking me in my bed, like, you know, uh, squeezing in all the sides of the sheets and and making me really like tight, like a little cocoon. And um, I recently had done this to my daughter and honestly, like, I was like, oh, my goodness, like, you're going to love this. Like, I used to love this when my mommy did it. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm doing this to her. And she looks at me and she's like, why are you doing that? Like, what? she goes, why did your mommy do this? She was so kind of restricted. And she is such a free spirit. Like, she likes to roll around and flip around. Half the time, she doesn't even want the blankets on her, let alone, like, clothes on her. <laughs> And so me confining her into this little tiny role, which I would absolutely love, she was just not having it. And it was in that moment that I was like, okay, like these things that we kind of also have on our heart that, you know, we want for our children, we want to do all these things for them. You know, we want this kind of lifestyle. We want them, you know, to explore this and explore that. We have to consider their feelings as well. There's obviously going to be things that we want to pass down through generations. But there is going to be new things that they want to explore. There is going to be things uniquely to themselves that they want to discover. And we have to be open to hearing what those things are, because what we think they might love and, and you know, it's just it's not. And we have to be open to that and we have to be open to changing and adjusting mm-hmm. to to fit what they want. But also keeping that tradition and keeping those, you know, generational things impacted. Yeah, you know, I want to just like first highlight and say these beautiful journal points, things that you mentioned, which are what parts do I want him or her, or the child to remember? Also, what do I want to pass down? I think those are two kind of separate questions you can ask yourself is, yeah, I think we can all think about in that moment when you said that, or what are those things that you remember from your childhood that are the positive stuff that that you think about, like I, I had a bedtime routine too that I think about as soon as you said that, that's what popped into my mind. And, um, but then I think the pass down part is really important too. I know you and I have had conversations about this, about like legacy and, and, you know, as mompreneurs, that's a big part of why we are creating our businesses as founders. That's why we created the work that we do. The companies that we do is because we don't want this thing that's important to us to get lost in translation. And so thinking about that from our mothering perspective for our kids, I think is so beautiful. But then I wrote down the same thing, just as you were saying, it is like, but also what do they need? It's mm-hmm. It's got to be this marrying of the two. And so I just think as you're listening, if you can kind of reflect back on that, on what do I want them to remember? What do I want to pass down? 
but also what do they need is just such a beautiful thing to reflect on and think about and and help you be more intentional and in alignment as you're mothering. And I'm curious if there's anything fun that you've uncovered that hits those three points, like something you want your daughter to remember and pass down to her, but also, like you said, with the bed tucking in that you realize, oh, but she needs this or she needs something a little different than I thought. Yeah, I think ultimately uncovering certain feelings and owning who you are and the emotions that you have. I think ultimately I want my children to know that they are validated. They are, you know, very important in our conversations. They are acknowledged and that it's important to see that in other people as well. And just nurturing abilities more than specific experiences or or happenings like kind of generating this we're going to navigate through anything, any challenge that kind of comes up and we're going to, you know, be there for all of your emotions. And I think being an engineer, that is also something that, you know, you are working on a project, you're going to fail at some things, but you're constantly pushing on how can I improve this? How can I work better on it? How can we keep moving forward? Being an entrepreneur, like really starting something and saying like, hey, I'm going to jump into this. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to try. I think, you know, I'm one of those recovering perfectionists, if you will. And raise your hand. Everybody yeah. who's listening who's nodding along, like, yep, I'm right there. <laughs> I think it's one of those things that it's kind of like, oh, well, if you're not going to do it perfect, like, don't even try it. And it's it's something that I've really had to work on, but also letting go of control and understanding, you know, you're trying this, you're experimenting, you're playing. You're really getting out there and and just seeing what it feels like. And yeah, yeah and I think just like I, I want to I want to pass that down. I think it's beautiful what you just did there is is really you answered the question with giving us this beautiful example of like what kind of mom are you? What kind of mom do you want to be? And what another beautiful prompt for us to sit down and be intentional about of, you know, you're saying you want to be the kind of mom who makes your kids feel safe and heard and understood and validated. And I love that because we're of the, you know, gentle parenting, conscious parenting movement as well. I, I think a lot of people listening probably agree to that too. And then to also talk about like you want them, your kids to be able to understand they can try and it's okay to make mistakes and all of these things. And so for all of you amazing women listening, this could be another beautiful prompt for you too to be like, oh, yeah, what kind of mom do I want to be? You know, what what do I want my days to look like? I, I think it's just so beautiful, especially hearing the juxtaposition with your your story of your mom and you feeling like, what does that even look like? And I think even with us who have moms around, and I know we're going to get into this too, is just kind of that generational mothering of of what we learn and, and how we move it along. But I think we all can can use that spot to sit down and be intentional about what we're doing and what we want to be doing. And so I appreciate you like giving us that example and and sharing the way that you're doing it because I think it's just so helpful and eye-opening. So let's talk a little bit about generational mothering because I think we've both discussed that this is a topic of conversation and we both come at it from, you know, slightly different angles. But I know the one quote that I've seen that really spoke to me on this topic is like, your parents' ceiling is your floor. 
And so we get what we can from our moms and our dads and our families and all of the things, but then we're going to be able to take that and grow upon it. And again, as perfectionists, overachiever, high achievers, that can be tough because we want to do it the best we can all of the time, but we know that our kids are going to only be better from us. So I'm curious, especially in your mothering journey, like how are you playing on that generational, you know, what you're bringing down, how you're being, you know, graceful with yourself, all of those things, knowing that our kids are going to do better and be better because of us and also find maybe some pitfalls in, in our mothering, but we're trying our best. And yeah, I'm just curious on your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I hope that that's the case, you know, that like, oh, this better or worse or this or that can be very overwhelming sometimes, like, again, to the perfectionism of, you know, kind of, oh, I I have to, you know, get to a certain level or I have to get to a certain point or, you know, I want to make them proud. I want to, you know, improve on that. And I think ultimately for me, I think the only way that my children will have the ability to improve upon themselves is if I'm also doing those things. So I feel like if, if I want them to, you know, have a better balance nutritionally or if I want them to have a better overall health experience or mental health abilities and and really kind of evaluating and learning about themselves and doing all these things. It's it's one of those things that I think it's easier to have somebody learn from you if you're also doing those things. You know, it's one of those things like if you're, you know, sitting there eating a bowl of ice cream and you're like, you can't have any ice cream. It's like, well, you're doing it. Like, why can't I do that? Or, you know, sometimes we might come from families or have experienced things where you hear like, oh, you're never going to make it out doing that. Or, you know, that's too difficult. Just stay in your lane. Keep doing what you're doing. Why would you try to do more? And, and back to, you know, capacity and really like feeling like you are called to take on more. I think if they're expressing these things, if they're kind of relaying that they want to try something new, I think the best thing that we can do is to really let them be in that opportunity and really try as much as we can to to give them those opportunities. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. I think what I think about a lot too in this motherhood situation is recognizing, like you say, that they are their own people with their own personalities, their own agendas. And I'm a huge, huge proponent of modeling, not only because of the way I was raised in just this entrepreneurial space and and given that opportunity and that autonomy and that freedom and also that confidence that you can do whatever you put your mind to. And so that's definitely something I want to pass along to my kids. But also, and just seeing them there, my kids are a year and a half apart. Same parents, same time frame, basically, both really in the pandemic, two completely different people. <laughs> like they are. Yeah. It's so funny. And so that allowed me to recognize so quickly, like they are their own people. And I am just like almost their caretaker in a sense. Like I'm a guide to show you, you know, what a good person looks like and, and help you know right from wrong. But other than that, I kind of gotta like just step back and let you do your thing and just make sure you don't crack your head open, right? Like be a good person. Don't crack your head open. Keep you safe. Um, show you options, but let you lead the way. And I know that's something that's important for me in my mothering 
journey and and generationally what I want to do differently on top of like the different, you know, parenting techniques, if you will. And so I just love this concept of like guiding them and, and letting them steer that ship and recognizing that they are their own people and and soon enough they'll grow up to be peers with us too. And and to have that type of relationship with them, I think is just so beautiful. And so I just so appreciate you opening our eyes to really thinking about like what does being a mom look like? What do I want my motherhood journey to look like? And and what do I want to pass on and generationally share with them and hope that they build upon too? Because again, I, there's a quote that I have to say is my perfectionist mom self all the time that I have saved on my Pinterest board is there's no way to be a perfect mom, but there's a million ways to be a good one. And so I'm constantly thinking to myself like, gosh, how can I just make it so it's easier for them and, and they can do even better? Sarah, as we're moving on to rapid fire questions and hearing more about you and the world that you have created, tell us a little bit more about the Entering Motherhood podcast. Like these are the types of conversations you have, right? And, and tell us a little bit more about what people can find there and how they can continue to expand upon and grow in their motherhood journey. Yeah. So like I said, my daughter was born in 2019. I didn't start the podcast until 2021. And it was really kind of this you know, push for bringing conversations that I felt I couldn't hear on any other podcast. And it was really kind of just exploring, you know, what motherhood was looking like, why I was having these feelings and all these conversations were coming up. And I felt like they were very meaningful resources that most people, you know, if you are following a very traditional OB care, uh, pregnancy, postpartum, they're not explaining in depth a lot of the things that are happening to you. I mean, we have had pelvic floor therapists, neuroscientists, doulas in the area. It has gotten me into doing birth work in the area as well. And just kind of uncovering all of these feelings and emotions and changes hormonally, mentally, physically that are happening within our body that I just feel wasn't being talked about enough. And so over the years, it has really kind of shifted and changed. But ultimately, it is always talking about motherhood. Very specifically, I think that postpartum period, what we can do when we're pregnant, how we can, you know, feel empowered in our birth and really have that autonomy over what our situation is, and then how we can heal afterwards and what that process looks like and what rest can look like and what just kind of reflecting on who you are as a person during that time can do for you. And I mean, it's it's been a journey and I'm just still learning so much more. And I think that's just what I continuously try to give to people when they listen to the episodes. It's so beautiful. And I know that that's just a way that you love to support others is having these conversations. And so everybody who's listening, make sure you go check out the Entering Motherhood podcast. We'll have everything linked below. But I'm just so grateful that we've had this conversation. And if you're ready, we can move into rapid fire questions. Okay. All right, let's do it. Okay. Tell me, what is your favorite strategy to help you be more present and productive? I think just staying organized and having um, a planner and kind of a to-do list, you know, coming from that perfectionist side point and, and just needing structure in my life, I think that really helps me stay 
on top of things and stays motivated and and really just structure. I love it. Yeah, I always say if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist. <laughs> I, need, <laughs> I need to have everything planned out. Yeah. Tell me what's the number one essential support you have that you can't live without? Yeah, I think just talking in any capacity, talking with my friends, talking with my husband, talking on podcasts. If I can't get what's in my head out and I can't express those things through communication, I think I'm just struggling. And uh, if I'm, you know, locked in the house for a long duration of time and I'm not able to, you know, phone a friend or or just step outside down the street and talk with my neighbors, then I'm just struggling and I don't feel like I'm supported in the way that I need to be. I love that it comes back to communication. So, so important. (laughs) Tell me, what's your go-to self-care activity? When you have a little bit of me time, what do you like to do with it? Uh, I personally love bubble baths. We have a big soak and tub. I have this wooden uh, board that kind of goes on top that I can plop my phone in. And I am usually just you know, watching a show or listening to something and soaking in the tub. I love it. In our new house, we don't have a good tub set up, but where I'm sitting now will become where the tub goes. We're going to do like a whole renovation. And I'm just, I had my me time last night. I was like, I could take a tub. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, last but not least, tell me your most stereotypical mom producer story. Think like kids running through a Zoom call with underwear on their heads. What's something funny that's happened in your mompreneur journey that only us fellow mompreneurs will be like, yep, we get it. Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously in this call, even here, my daughter just walking in and not even like hearing her. She's so stealth, I think. She's she so just... chill too. Jack is, when he comes in, is not like that. <laughs> She's just hey like what are you doing and all of a sudden her face is just right here um you know just things like that and all of a sudden like last minute getting a call from daycare that you know they need to get picked up because something happened and then having to really negotiate and work around that and reschedule things potentially um yeah I think it's just navigating their schedule with your schedule is uh, always always fun it's always something, right? Hello, <laughs> yeah. um, Sarah. Thank you so much for coming on and just expressing what motherhood looks like to you and giving us these insightful points on what it could look like to us. I think it's such an important conversation to have to be more intentional and present mompreneurs. And so I'm just so grateful to have had you here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. You have no idea how much your listenership means to me. If you loved what you heard, would you mind leaving us a review? It'll help get these episodes into more mompreneurs' earbuds and into our community. Ready to get your next season or project done? Then you need to check out the studio. It offers a creative, collaborative, and Instagrammable space for mompreneurs to batch their podcasts and beyond. Head to themompreneurguide.com slash studio to learn how to cut your marketing time from three months to three days so you can spread your message and mission on autopilot while enjoying the work and people you love most. See you next time.